Hi, I'm Nicole Doily. Welcome to Let's Talk Conversations on Race. When it comes to race, we often tiptoe around the elephant in the middle of the room, afraid to go there. Well, I'm going to go there. I'm putting some thoughts out there, hoping that they'll spark reflection and conversation, and that we'll all come to a greater understanding. Now, let's talk. My husband and I have a saying which is, better to be in the vanguard, even if it's hard, than to be in the rear guard, cleaning up the mess. I coined that phrase based on a French medieval poem called The Song of Roland. In that story, Charlemagne's army is fighting the Spanish Moors. They are tired of fighting. They take a deal and begin their long journey home. Roland volunteers to lead the rear guard, but he and his men are double-crossed by one of their own. They are ambushed and they are defeated. And Charlemagne circles back only to find a sea of dead bodies. I know, pretty grim. But the point of the saying is that it's usually better to lead than to bring up the rear and clean up the mess left behind. When it comes to dealing with our history and the long-term effects of slavery, I often feel like as a country, we choose to bring up the rear. We circle back and fix little bits, but we never look squarely in the face of slavery and the 100 years following emancipation. We never quite take ownership and lead the way in restoration. The word reparations means simply to repent and repair, to express remorse and change course, and then repair the damage done. But to do this, you have to be honest about what has been done in the first place, and also convinced of the extent of the damage. We did fight a war, of course, to end slavery. But ending something is not the same as repairing something. If a parent abuses his child and stops, he still has to face and fix the damage done by years of abuse. When slavery ended, there were plans for reparations. The need seemed obvious. Right before the 13th Amendment ending slavery was finally ratified, a Union general issued Field Order Number 15, which reserved about 400,000 acres of land which had been confiscated from the rebels. And this was going to be given to former slaves. Each head of household would be given 40 acres. What Black people desired most in those years were to be reunited with family members who had been sold and to own their own land, which would give them the means to be self-sufficient. And so in 1865, 40,000 freed people settled on the land which was given to them. Just a few months later, however, President Andrew Johnson granted amnesty 
to many former Confederates and restored their confiscated property. The freed slaves were evicted. Many of these now homeless black families had no choice but to work the land of former Confederates, many of whom had been their masters. They earned barely enough to ward off starvation. Shortly after the Black Codes and Jim Crow laws were instituted, these were designed to keep black people in the underclass. They had no property rights. They were banned from assembling, from owning weapons, from voting. They could be whipped or even killed for not working fast enough or failing to be deferential enough. Black children could be taken without permission and put in, quote, apprenticeships to work for people who had formerly, formerly owned them. Day-to-day -day life was very similar to day-to-day -day life as a slave. The Southern states weren't ready to give up their way of life, their caste system, and they created laws to perpetuate it. As I discussed in previous episodes, millions of Black people migrated north to escape this life. They worked in places like the Campbell Soup Factory in Chicago. There they could earn a living wage. There no Klansmen waited in the wings. There they didn't have to avert their eyes or step aside to let a white man pass. There they could vote. But what about a home? What about giving their kids a quality education so that their generations after them could begin to advance? What about the opportunity for promotion, to do more than menial labor? Mortgages, including those backed by the federal government, were denied Black migrants. They could only buy a home through a contract with the seller. And the seller would keep the deed until the home was paid in full and there would be no equity acquired in the meantime. If the buyer missed a single payment, he could lose the down payment and the home. It was predatory, it was cruel, and it was legal. For the 100 years following slavery, Black people across the country were largely cut out of the home mortgage market. There is so much to repair. In the meantime, to aid the expansion out West, the U.S. government, start, starting in the 1800s, gave European immigrants up to 160 acres of land, which had been taken from the Native Americans. Over 270 million acres were given to Norwegians, Germans, Swedes, and Irish families. They farmed, they built railroads, they worked in lumber camps. They had land, homes, equity, jobs. 
The vast natural resources of the Midwest and Western states provided economic advancements for white people who in their home countries would not have had it. Human beings understand the need to repair after injustice. In 1988, Ronald Reagan signed the Civil Liberties Act. This compensated Japanese Americans who were held in internment camps during the Second World War. The legislation gave a total of $1.6 billion, or $20,000 per survivor. And he offered a formal apology. Similarly, since 1951, Germany has paid approximately $91 billion in reparations from the Holocaust. And Germany is still paying. In 2013, its government agreed to pay the home care of elderly Holocaust survivors. I wonder why, in all of this time, why we haven't been ready to repent and repair. I wonder if it is simply because America does not want to admit that our wealth is partly due to theft, exploitation, and cruelty. That it was not amassed simply because of hardworking white men. Where there are arrogance and denial, there can be no repentance. The net worth of a typical white family is 10 times that of a typical black family. For some, this proves racist ideas. See, black people are lazy. They don't work hard enough to gain wealth. That myth is rooted in white supremacy. Of course, there are individuals of all colors who make poor choices and fail to work hard. But that an entire people group lacks generational wealth is not owing to some sort of genetic flaw. We have to look at the reasons why and be willing to repair. HR 40 is a house bill that was introduced in 2019. Its goal would be to create a task force to study the feasibility of reparations. In other words, it would begin the conversation. And if I were in the room when it happened, to quote Aaron Burr, I might suggest that we repent for slavery and seek to repair the damage done during the 100 years following emancipation. Reparations might look like fixing the educational disparity so that the opportunity for a quality education is no longer linked to zip code and somehow enabling Black Americans, those who would not otherwise be able to buy a home and build equity. Education and home ownership are still key to joining the middle class, and those were the things denied to Black Americans from the inception of our country. 
Naysayers ask why they should pay for the sins of their fathers. Immigrants say, it wasn't even our fathers. But as poet laureate Amanda Gorman so beautifully wrote in The Hill We Climb, quote, being an American is more than the pride we inherit. It is the past we step into and how we repair it. Tanahasi Coates writes that reparations could not make up for the murder perpetra- perpetrated by the Nazis, but they did launch Germany's reckoning with itself. America needs to reckon with itself. Our reparations would accomplish three things, acknowledgement, restitution, and closure. It is never too late for any of those three things, and we are only in the middle of the first. We only partially acknowledge the past. We often still want to live in a mythical land of innocence. And that is why we've been in the rear guard, so often just cleaning up the mess left behind by our history. It's time to have the conversation and lead. Hi, this is Nicole Doily. Join us next time for Let's Talk, Conversations on Race. Remember to subscribe and look for me on NicoleDoily.com.